I'm continuing the theme that we've been, you've been uh, thinking about over recent weeks, and that is the, the Ten Commandments. And you may say, well, that, that's a pretty odd thing to be thinking about, but, but, but I think there's a lot of truth and there's a lot that we can learn from uh, what God is giving us uh, through his word. Uh, is this too loud? It's coming across as okay. Okay. Let's pray and let's get into it. Lord, we want to thank you tonight for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. And, uh, Lord, that, that, that you brought us here and that we're here as the people of God to learn so that we can go out into the world and not to do our own thing but to be equipped by the Holy Spirit to be your people in our world. Lord, do uh, what you want to do in each one of our lives tonight. We open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit that you would, uh, Lord, achieve and accomplish your plan and purpose and send us out refreshed uh, to, to do the work of the Spirit in, in our nation, in our generation, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so you're, we're continuing the theme of the Ten Commandments. I want to read, uh, you, you're reading from Deuteronomy, right? So, so I'm going to read a passage from Deuteronomy, which is actually from Exodus. Um, but it's the, same, it's the same passage, it's the same idea. Um, the reason being is that Deuteronomy was, was, uh, was given to the children of Israel just before Moses chuffed off and, and Joshua took over from him and led the people into the promised land. That was not the generation that came out of Egypt. But the lessons were the same and the commandments were the same. Uh, and so what I want to do is just wind back a little bit to the beginning of, of, of when this actually happened and then say, well, you know, what, what does it mean for us tonight? Who remembers the first three commandments? You've been listening to messages about, the, who remembers the first? Okay, don't embarrass you. The fourth commandment, I'll read it. So Exodus chapter 20, uh, this is what it says. And the, God spoke these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Um, and then he says six days you can work and then you need to have a day of rest. And that was uh, something that God was teaching them. Uh, and he said, uh, God blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Right? That's, that's, that's the fourth commandment. Keep the Sabbath. And uh, some people might say, well, that's, that's, that's pretty odd. You know, we're Pentecostal church. What are we worrying about Sabbath? We'll get to that. Let's fast forward to the New Testament to Mark uh, chapter 2. And this is what it says. And it says, one day, one Sabbath day, Jesus was going to the grain fields. Uh, and as, as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. I hope that they were hanging over the fence. So I hope they were reaching into somebody else's backyard. Um, the Pharisees said, look, look, Jesus, look, look what they're doing. It's not lawful for them to be working on the Sabbath day. I mean, okay, so that, that's the way the law operated. And then at the end, Jesus said, you've got it wrong. You've misunderstood why God gave you this command. He said, the Sabbath was made for man or woman or person, well, however you take that, um, and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of, of the Sabbath. So, so we all know the story of the children of Israel in Egypt. So Joseph went down, we, you can read it in Genesis, and, uh, and, and his children and, and his brothers uh, remained in Egypt and they died and, and the centuries passed, over 400 years passed. And, and by the end of that period, the children of Israel, the people of Israel, or the people who were going to be called the children of Israel, uh, were in slavery. You know the story. They were in slavery. 
And for, for decades or generation after generation, they worked hard. Uh, they toiled as slaves. They lived. They worked hard. Uh, they died young uh, in terrible circumstances uh, to, build, to build Pharaoh's economy and to build Pharaoh's cities. Now, if you've seen pr uh, uh, Prince of Egypt, you know the story. Okay, you know the story. How God raised up Moses uh, out of the bulrushes, raised him up through Pharaoh's household, and, and caused him to become a deliverer of the nation and, and, and led them out through, across the Red Sea into the wilderness on the way to the Promised Land. I remember years ago, the first time I went through the Red Sea, I was on a bus in Universal Studios, and, 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 and I sat back and we, we got to the Red Sea. And how are we going to get across the Red Sea? And, and suddenly it opened, all the water drained away, and the bus went down into the Red Sea, and we, we imagined ourselves just like Moses and the children of Israel. There were fish painted on the, on the, on the cement at the side, and I thought, hey, this is awesome. You know, I'm going through the Red Sea. I came up the other side, and the Red Sea came back and covered the Egyptians, and, and that's the story. I think. I can't find it in the Bible, but I'm sure it's something like that. Um, but the thing that strikes me when I read the, because as, as I said, there, there, there are two versions of these commandments, but the one that strikes me in Genesis 20 is God says, I am the Lord. I brought you out of slavery. I brought you out of, out of Egypt. And there are many people I find today, they, they look at the Ten Commandments and say, well, we're not under law, we're under grace. Uh, you know, who wants to go back to living by commandments? Who, who, who wants a list of do's and don'ts? There are too many Christians tonight who are living by lists of do's and don'ts. But the thing that strikes me in this passage, before we get into the detail, is, is that God said, I've set you free. And the Ten Commandments, the word, you know, they, they came out of Egypt and, and, and Moses led them through the wilderness to the mountain of God, the mountain of Sinai. And as they stood there they, and watched, they heard the trumpet sound. They saw, they saw smoke and, and, and the earth shook beneath their feet. And they heard the voice of God giving these ten laws, these ten, ten principles, these ten commandments by which the people should live. And he said, if you'll do this, you'll be free. I'm not calling you into bondage. I'm not calling you into slavery, to, to, to a list of do's and don'ts. I'm calling you to freedom. And if we can understand what the Ten Commandments are, they're not a list of do's and don'ts to help make sure that we are goody-goody Christians, but that they're principles for freedom. And God says, if you will obey me, my presence will go with you. If you will obey me, I will give you victory. If you will obey me, then I will be your God and you'll be my people and you'll always live in victory until you reach the promised land. That puts it in an entirely different light, doesn't it? It's not a list of do's and don'ts. The Ten Commandments are, are, are a way that God gives us these, these laws or these principles by which we ought to live and ought to understand. Uh, and, you know, I think that if ever there's a time that Christians need to learn to rest, it's now. I've been in some crazy busy jobs uh, working for government in, here and overseas around the world and, and, and involved in church life and family life and uh, and it, it gets really busy. You know? and, I, and I think that some of the, un, the unsung heroes are people who volunteer in, 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 in God's work, right? working full-time, working with family, studying, doing everything else, and working on their day off as well. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're a full-time pastor, you get a full-time day off so you can sit, sit and watch the latest movie. But, but you and I tonight, you know, we, we have full-time occupations, and we want to serve the Lord on top of that. 
You understand what I mean? And, and, and we really do need to understand uh, because otherwise we fall into the trap of thinking that it's all about work. It's all about being busy. It's all about doing stuff. It's all about being productive. Uh, it's all about maximizing our time. It's all about having a full diary. Uh, it's all about, you know, God, preserve me from being slack and lazy and, you know, somebody catching me out just doing nothing. I've got to be working hard, working for the Lord, uh, laying down my life and, 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 and pulling rabbits out of hats and performing miracles. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, you know be, between work and study and family life and everything else, um, you know, we, we, we end up thinking that it's about us. We end up believing that it's about us. We believe the narrative. We believe our own story. It's all about me. I've got to do it. And once we start to do that, we lose sight of the grace of God that we were just singing about. We lose sight of the love of God that we were singing about because we think it's all about us. And we also failure, we, we, we fail to realize when, when we start to run out of steam uh, and then we discover that our reserves are not enough. You know, you work and work and keep on doing stuff and your reserves are not enough. I was reading last night uh, the story of David. Uh, you know, we all know the story of David, one of the greatest kings in the history of ancient Israel. Uh, and, and David was out fighting the Philistines. These guys always, you know, got out their swords uh, and went to battle. And so, so David was in the middle of a battle. And, and it's interesting, it comes to a point the Philistines are looking at him because he's the king. Got to kill the king. And so David goes to lift his sword to fight the Philistines and he discovers he's worn out. He doesn't even have the strength to lift the sword anymore. Who's this, this, this king? He can't even pick up. You know, he's, he's completely worn out. He's got no energy. He's got no, got no strength left. And, and, and the enemy's coming toward him. And, and, and what David did, I believe, in this, you know, he... He, he knew God's call. Uh, he knew what God had uh, anointed him to do, um, but he didn't recognize his limits. And because he didn't really recognize his limits, uh, he ignored the warning signs and he nearly paid the price. And you and I need to, to heed the warning signs. You and I need to be, be listening so that, you know, instead of thinking it's about me and it's about what I can do and it's about my accomplishments and my plans and, and me serving God and me doing all these Christian things, um, to realize that there are times in which we need to take heed of this commandment from God. There's a rest, there's a Sabbath, there's a time out for the people of God. Now, I believe tonight that we're, there, I'll be, I just want to quickly cover a couple of the three areas in which we need to learn how to rest uh, in, in, in terms of our bodies and our, and our minds and our spirits. We need to rest in each of these areas because God is interested in every part of you. It's not just what happens here tonight. It's not what happens when you get up in the morning and, you know, some people say, good morning, Lord, and others say, good Lord, morning. Uh, you know, well, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, it's only going to be five days till the next weekend. But, but we, we, you know, we, we need to discover God's plan and, 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 and live God's plan uh, if we're going to be strong and, and, and succeed as Christians. Okay, so we need to learn to rest from work. Now, comedians among us, and I'm sure that there are some, will say work is a four-letter word, W-O-R-K. Well, rest is also a four-letter word, but we'll get to that. Uh, you know, and, and, and so, you know, we, work, work is just something we have to do. And yet when I read the Scriptures and when I read about God creating the world, God's, you know, he, in six days he created 
all the universe, and, and, and finally, uh, the human race, the first, uh, our, our ancestors. Uh, and and, and then at, the, at the end of that, he said, now I'm going to take a day off. God said the creation is beautiful. And at the, the time out on the seventh day is equally beautiful and equally holy. Uh, God, God has made us with the ability to be creators. You and I tonight are made in the image of God. You know, do you believe that? God has made you in his likeness. And just as God is a creator, God has made you. God has given you the ability to be a creator. And, and, and we have these enormous opportunities to build, to design, to, to do things, to be creative, to work hard, uh, but we need to know how to rest. Adam and Eve were designed to work. They had their to-do lists long before sin entered the garden. God said, do this and do that and mind the garden and, you know, and, 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 and water, the, water the veggies every morning and, and look after the garden and I will bless you and my presence will be with you. And, 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 and Adam walked with God. He had a personal relationship with God until sin came in and the work became a curse. And we've treated it that way ever since. But God has wired us with the ability to be creative just like he is. Now, Jesus said, they came to Jesus because Jesus seemed to break this commandment. You know, he would, he would, he'd work on a Sabbath. You know, people say, you can't do any work today. Uh, and so he'd heal someone and say, ah, oh, that's work. And they, they, they'd want to criticize him for working on the Sabbath. Jesus said, my father is always working and I'm always working. No, no one could accuse Jesus of being slack. And yet, um, you know, Jesus said, I'm, I'm doing the work of God. But, but we never hear Jesus once saying, Golly gosh, my diary is completely stuffed. I am so busy. I am so flat out. No one, you know, I don't get a, if you can find a passage in the Bible, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bit of the chocolate cake instead of mine. But, but, but you know, Jesus, he, he never, he ne that, that was never his experience. He said, I'm doing the work of God. I'm fulfilling the plan and purpose of God. And God loves you and me tonight. And God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And part of that is being creative because God has imbued us with his strength and the, and, and the ability to, do, to continue his work in the world. Do you believe that? I do. And every one of us tonight has a, has a different kind of ability that comes from him. But we don't hear Jesus saying, I am just so exhausted. I've you know, just pulled another all-nighter. I, I have a Christian friend who loves to tell me how many all-nighters he pulls. He says, I didn't get to bed till 6 o'clock this morning didn't have breakfast with my wife, but I was busy doing God's work. I was saying, mate, mate, you really need to learn the fourth commandment. You know, you need to learn how to rest because if you don't, uh, then then you're going to you're going to you're going to expire. Uh, you, you, you're, you're going to expire before your due date. You're going to expire before your due date if you don't learn uh, how to rest. You know, there were, there were times in which Jesus called the disciples and he said, come apart and be with me. You know, because, and I think there's a very important principle here. Is he, because he says, because if you don't come apart to be with me, you will come apart. And there are a lot of Christians tonight who, who are coming apart because they're not coming apart to be with him and to be refreshed uh, in, in his presence. God has a plan. God has a purpose for every one of our lives. And we need, some, some of us need healing from stress and from feeling guilty if we're not doing enough and feeling guilty if we're not being busy enough. 
when God says, all I want you to do is just sit in my presence. All I want you to do is to be refreshed. All I want to do, all I want you to do is to be replenished. What a beautiful word that is, to be replenished and, and, and to recover our physical strength. Uh, but, but we're convinced that the world will fall apart if we're not doing stuff. How many of us fall into that trap? You know, we, we're convinced that, it, that if we're not busy, then the, the rest of the world can't get on. Uh, you know, we are, we are so necessary. We are so important. We do important stuff that, that if we're not out there being busy, if we have a rest, then, then, then somehow we're going to let the team down. But that's not what the Bible says. I heard a couple of days ago on the ABC, the source of all truth, that, 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 that the people, people who, that, you know, there are people who love stats. I, I, I don't understand maths, okay? But there are people who love stats. And, 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 and the, the latest stat is that, that 80% of Australians, the first thing they do when they open their eyes in the morning is reach for their mobile. 80% of Australians, that means 8 out of 10, well, probably 100% of us. <laughs> we reach for our mobile, the first thing we do. And, and, we, and we go to Facebook and we go to our emails and we try to answer emails and we go to WhatsApp and we go to Instagram, we go to, you know, put a photograph of us sleeping because, you know, <laughs> no, 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 I don't sleep. I'm working, I'm working. I, ne- I never let the team down. Resting isn't going on holidays with a mobile. I heard a story, uh, I, I, I listened to a lady talking about a holiday that she and her husband had in Greece. And they saved up and they were on a mountaintop overlooking, over, overlooking the Aegean Sea and looking into one another's eyes. And she said, I finally got him away from his work and the mobile rang. She picked up the mobile and threw it off the cliff. <laughs> she, well, she said it was a true story, so I had to accept it that way. <laughs> We, we, need, we, need, you know, we need to know that work, work, work has a purpose. It's a means to an end. But when working becomes an idol in our lives, when we think that there's value in being called a workaholic, when we love people knowing how busy we are and how productive we are and how we, we're, always on, we're always on the case, when work becomes an idol, it will demand more and more sacrifices. How many of you know that idols need sacrifices? And when work becomes an idol, it will require more and more sacrifices of your time and your relationships, your relationships, your friendships, um, and, and it will drain you and you'll never be satisfied. Um, because it, will, it will never be satisfied because, because uh, you know, you've got to work. And yet the Bible says you need to learn that there's a Sabbath that belongs to the people of God. And it includes physical rest. It includes taking time out without feeling guilty. The second thing I find from this passage, and, and as I read it in the context of the, of, of the whole Bible, is that the second area in which we need to rest is, is rest from striving to please God. There are Christians tonight who feel guilty because they're not working hard enough to please God and not putting in enough effort to achieve the good life that will satisfy God. And yet the, the Bible uh, when I read about the Sabbath in the Bible, it's a picture of our salvation. It's a picture of the rest that we have in Christ. See, I've, I've lived uh, in different places all around the world and I've looked at different religious systems and, and, and I've studied the way people, people try and find God or get to God or please God. And most of the religions in the world are all about works. Work, work, work. Do things. Be busy. 
being obedient to laws and regulations and rules and, and doing stuff. But the Christian message is that when I come to the cross, against the background of the whole of the whole of human history, people looking for God and believing that, that you've got to be good enough to please him and, and, and doing things to please him. But when I come to the cross, I say, Jesus has done it all. And I can rest in him for my salvation. I don't have to prove myself to God. I can rest from the stress of trying to prove myself worthy of God's love because God will never love me less. He will never love you less. He loved you enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for you. And he loves you with an eternal love that, again, we were singing about tonight. He loves you with an eternal love and, and learn to rest in that. Instead of striving to say, oh, God, God, you must be really disappointed with me. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do more. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to be more holy. I'm going to be a better Christian. I'm going to be this. I'm, I'm going to, you know, read, pray for six hours a day and, and read the Bible for 19 hours a day and you know, do, do all these Christian things. Learn to just take a deep breath and say, Jesus, you did it. I want to grow as a Christian. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read the Bible, but not as a means of earning God's favor, not as a means of earning God's love, you know, because I, I meet Christians who say, but what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not good enough? What if, not, what if I'm not working hard enough? You know, what if I get to heaven and I realize that, you know, that I blew it because I didn't work hard enough? And, 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 and that's, that's insane. It's insane. It's the moment you think that you can only please God by what you do, you take away the power of the cross and you take away the power of the Christian message. I know that, you know, I, I, once, I, I had a friend who used to quote, I'd rather burn out than rust out. Have you heard that expression? I'd rather burn out than rust out. Well, I think that's stupid. Frankly, I think that's insane. And, and, and the person I, I'm thinking of right now who said that, he was a pastor in this city. And uh, he didn't rest. He was always working, always busy, always doing stuff until one day he burned out and he left his church and he left his marriage and he left his children and he left God. And tonight he's an atheist and he hates Christians because he thought it was all about what he had to do instead of trusting in, 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 in the fact that Jesus had done it all, and that all that God asked him to do was what God called him to do. I find Christians all the time doing this and doing that and being busy here and you know, copying other people and trying to be like their superheroes in, in the Christian world and, and, and feeling like there's all these obligations. And What you've got to do is what God's called you to do. What you've got to be is what God's called you to be. Don't try and be someone else. Don't try and do someone else's task. Right? And, and, and what the Holy Spirit wants each of us to understand tonight is that you know, we're individuals, men and women, and God loves us. God has a purpose for your life, and that's what he wants you to do. He doesn't want you to spend your life copying other people and feeling guilty because you're not measuring or you're not, you're not, you're not seeing the fruit that they're seeing. God's called you with a purpose. If it's five talents he's given you, then use the five. If he's given you one, then use the one. But be the person God's called you to be. Be the person that God has equipped you to be and leave the rest to him. And that's what rest means. It means leaving the rest to him uh, uh, rather than killing ourselves in the process. I remember once years ago, I read, a, I, read, I read a story about a guy, you probably never heard him, his name was Robert McShane. And he was a famous preacher in Scotland 
uh, and he went around, you know, preaching in churches every, like every day he'd preach and he'd write letters and he, he was really, really busy doing stuff for God and, 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 uh, and he'd push himself and push and push and push and push himself. And then by the time he got to his 30s, he was lying, dying of, of heart failure. This is a true story. And he died really early. He died before his due date. He died. And he said to his friends, he said, when I started out in this journey, I felt the call of God and God gave me a message to deliver and a horse to deliver it. That was his own body. He says, and now I've killed the horse and I can't deliver the message. Don't be like that. Learn to pace yourself. Learn to live in obedience. Learn if God's given you a super busy life, then do it and he'll equip you. If he's calling you to do something different, then do it and he'll equip you. But it's not about your strength or my strength. It's understanding that he's the one who calls us and equips us to do his work. Do you believe that? That's the kind of balance that this whole teaching about Sabbath is all about. It's learning how to rest in him. The third area in which we need to rest is to rest from the stresses and pressures and expectations that we put on ourselves and that other people put on us. How many of you know, you know what it's like to be in a rat race? A lot of my career I lived in a rat race. You know one thing I discovered about a rat race? You know, you can be really, really busy, and that's okay. Some of us are called to do busy things. But the problem with a rat race is that it's full of rats. Okay, you got it? Simon and Garfunkel, a long time ago, wrote this. It's a poem. He says, Impale upon my wall, my eyes dimly see the pattern of my life and the puzzle that is me. From the moment of my birth until the instant of my death, there are patterns that I must follow just as I breathe each breath. Like a rat in a maze, the path before me lies and the pattern never alters until the rat dies. Well, that's pretty sad, isn't it? We're not called to do that. Don't, don't, you know, you can get off the treadmill. You can stop running. You can stop you know, putting in all the effort and, the, and, and, and the, the work involved in trying to be and do something that you're not called to be. Be the man or woman that God's called you to be. Get off the rat race. Get out of the rat race. Get out, the, get out of the fast lane. Run, the, run in, the, in the lane that you're called to, by all means. But learn how to rest and give it over to him. And I think that sometimes we need to, I remember years ago, I went to a pastor and I was a long, long time ago, and I said, I've got all this stuff to do and I just feel like it's pressure, 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 pressure. And he sat me down and he looked at my list and instead of, instead of answering my list, he said, well, let me show you. And he turned in his New Testament, it came to 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, where it says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. That was life-changing. That was life-changing. There's another passage in Psalm 55 which says, cast your burdens on the Lord. Who's heard that passage? Cast your burdens on the Lord. Now, the image that I have, and I'm not a Hebrew speaker, uh, but, but, you know, we all have resources to pretend that we are. Um, Mr. Google will make us sound like, you know, we know a lot. Uh, and, and, and what it means is it, it's like we, we roll our burdens on the Lord. Let, let me give you an illustration. Um, if, about three years ago, uh, we went, my wife and uh, two, two of our three kids, well, adults really, um, and I and a couple of other friends walked on the Milford Track in New Zealand. 
one of the most beautiful walks in the world. And on day three, it's you, you're coming down, 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 thump, thump, thump. So if you've got 25 kilos on your back, you know, thump, thump, thump. And after a couple of hours, your quads are killing you and you've still got hours to go down. And, and I, I thought, I'm going to die. All I want to do is call, call, over, call over to the corner here and die. And anyway, a guide came down the mountain. He said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I just want to die. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and my, my number two, you know, I'm, I'm the shortest male in our house. Um, I've got one son an inch taller than me, another son two inches taller than me. And our, our daughter, our firstborn, is, is normal. <laughs> uh, and so he'd gone on, you know, bouncing down with his 45 kilos. And, and I, think, I said, I'm going to die. I said to my wife, you know, just leave me here, light a candle. <laughs> you know, come back once a year and light a candle. You know, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is where Alan gave up. And, and then suddenly Alexander walked around the corner. He said, hi, Dad, let me carry your pack. Oh, you're an angel. Are you real? So, so I went over to him, and you know, by this stage, this, this pack felt really heavy, and, and, and I, I, I rolled it onto him. And he just grabbed it and, and almost ran down the path, and I saw him a couple of hours later, and all was well. <laughs> I rolled it onto him. And in the Psalms, it says what we've got to do is learn how to come to God, our Heavenly Father who loves us, and he won't let us down and knows what we go through and learn to come to him and roll our burdens on him because he cares for us. And that's an, so that's another kind of Sabbath, a rest from stress, a rest from the emotional and psychological pressure um, because the, thing, the problem is that you know, we, we keep on going and we don't realise that if you're not refreshed, you've got nothing else to give out. You know, and I know, I know people who, who, who give and give and give and give and, and, and the, the tank empties and they try to give, but you can't give what you don't have. You can't keep giving what you don't have. That's why we need to, we need to, be, to be refreshed. If you go, if you go uh, up in the Brindabellas on a hot summer's day, you don't go with an empty water bottle. But some people approach life with an empty water bottle. Some people would get up in the morning and say, I forgot to plug in my iPhone, I'm down to 5%. Yeah, I've got 5%, I can keep going. No, plug it in. <laughs> plug it in, it's going to die. You know, go for a trip out, 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 out to, out to Tidbinbilla, and you know, you're going down past the corridor and it says, last petrol stop for 30 or 3,000 kilometres or whatever it is. You know, you're, you're, you're foolish if you realise that your tank's empty and you say, yeah, it'll be okay. You keep on pushing on. And then so, oh, how did I run out of fuel? <laughs> that, that was funny. No, I wasn't. <laughs> but, but some of us try to live that way. And as Christians, it's easy for us to fall into that same trap. We try to live that way. Instead of being refreshed and replenished, God says, don't be a donkey. You know, you know I, I can replenish you. I can refill you. I can refuel you. I can give you, what you've given out so that you can, you can only keep on giving out as you keep on receiving from me. But what do we need to do? We need to live in the skin that God's given us. Live according to the, God, the, the call that God's placed upon us. Uh, and don't crawl under a rock uh, and, 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 and threaten God that you're going to quit. I quit. It's too much. I'm going to quit. Well, it's better to hand over to him. Get physical rest, spiritual rest, 
trusting in Christ, emotional rest, body, soul, and mind. And we all need to have that rest if we're not going to collapse, if we're not going to become collateral damage. I think there are too many collateral damages, too much collateral damage in Christian circles. You know, people who give out with all the love that they have, they give out to the world and, and, and want to share the love of Jesus and, and, and do the right thing by God, but, but the collateral damage is too high, and that's insane. You, we need to know our limits, know what God's called us to be, and rest physically, spiritually, and emotionally. You, we need to take time out from work, time out from being busy, time out from, from, from being driven some people think it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a value, it's a good thing to be driven. Yeah, I'm a workaholic, everyone. I want you to know I'm a workaholic. Well, that's, that's dumb. I, really, I think that's, that's dumb. God has called us. He says, he says I, 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 you know, I've given you the ability to create. Go and create. Go and create. Go and be someone, do something. Change the world. And at the same time, you, you've got to take some time out. Can you see why the command, remember the Sabbath, isn't, it's not, it's not just a book, a, a rule out of a rule book. It's a promise of, it's a promise of life. It's a promise of freedom. You don't have to feel guilty if you're not having a rest. Because God says, I want you to have a rest. How many of you know that sometimes you don't want to be forced to rest? Well, you're all special. I remember when I was in kindergarten, I was expelled from kindergarten. I wasn't, I wasn't going to tell this story, but I, was, <laughs> but I was expelled from kindergarten because I hated resting. And, and so my parents would, my mother would drop me off. My father was an engine driver. And my mother would drop me off at the kindergarten uh, at Mitchelton in Brisbane. And, and, and we'd all take a, a little bag. With, which in Queensland, it's called ports. And we'd take a little bag in, in a, and there was a sheet in there along with an apple and some lunch. And, and straight after lunch, we had to put out the sheet and have a little sleep. I couldn't stand it, so I'd run outside and play on the the, the, the hanging tire that was painted with white paint, and, and 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 until one day the teacher had had enough, and she rang my mother and said, "Take him out and don't let him come back." And I, I was expelled from kindergarten because I didn't want to rest. But some of us need to know how to rest. Some of us are on the edge because we don't know how to rest. We don't want to be expelled. That it, you know, there there are some great Christian ministries tonight uh, that that have have come to a grinding halt because people haven't learned that that there is a rest that belongs to the people of God. There is a rest that belongs. You know, we we used to quote uh, an, an old missionary who said, "One life soon passed; only what's done for Christ will last." And I'm sure some of you heard that, and it sounds good, and it's true. Only what's done for Him will last. But, but at the same time, we, we can only really do, we should only really do what God's called us to do. Work it out. Listen to him. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Talk to fellow Christians. What's God's plan and God's purpose for your life? And once you get that, then go for it you know, with all your strength. But also learn to rest uh, at the same time. There's a time to take on issues, a time to take on responsibilities, and there's a time to stand still and let God do the rest. you believe that? Oh, I wish we could believe that. Instead of feeling like, you know, we have to be guilty if we're not doing more spiritual things, we need to get God's wisdom to know how to rest. 
So don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on your boyfriend, girlfriend. Don't quit on your friendships. Don't quit on your study. Don't quit on coming to church. Don't quit on being nice to people. Uh, instead of quitting, saying, God, I need your strength. I want your strength. I want you to guide me. I want you to guide me. I want you, Holy Spirit, I want you to guide me in the decisions that I make, the way I spend my time, the way I spend my life, the way I spend my resources, what I do, how I prioritize life so that I'm walking in obedience to you. A little while before Billy Graham died, somebody, uh, somebody interviewed him and said, um, oh, Dr. Graham, you're, you're in your 90s and your wife has died and you've got Parkinson's disease and, and a few other things. Uh, you know, basically, why are you still here? <laughs> Isn't that nice? Why are you still here? And, and, and his response was, well, obviously there's still some things that God wants me to do. And whether you're young or old, and, and I think I'm, I'm the youngest here, uh, uh, <laughs> don't laugh. <laughs> um, uh, um, you know, we need to work it out whether, what, what God wants us to do, whether you're starting out at the top of your career, whatever you're doing, Remember that God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. But sort out what's really important and go for it and learn how to rest. Learn how to rest. Learn how to take time out. Learn how to have a break. Learn how to bring your issues and problems and stresses to him and hand them over to him and say, God, I give them to you. I'm not going to walk out tonight and carry all my problems with me and feel like, feel like you know, no one knows the trouble that I've seen. God, I give them to you because I love you and I trust you and, I, and I, I'm learning how to rest in you. One quick one, then I'm going to hand back over to Ryan. A number of years ago, uh, a long, many years ago, uh, I went with a Christian youth group to the Munich Olympic Games. And if you studied anything about history, you know that Munich's in Germany. Uh, and, and the thing that was the Munich Olympic Games it became known for was that right in the middle of all the competition, uh, uh, some terrorists abducted a bunch of Israeli athletes, 11 athletes from Israel, four Palestinians, one German policeman, all died, uh, and, 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 and the city was thrown into chaos. The army was out, and, and they were going to cancel the Olympic Games. And, and the mayor of the city called the Christians together. I said, I want you to march through the street and tell us about your message instead. True story. But I was getting ready to leave at the, the end of all of that, and I'm thinking, well, what, what has this taught me? And so while I'm waiting for a train, uh, this, this young guy comes up to me and says, Alan, you know, I noticed you've been really busy. I said, yep, I've come from the outside of the world to be busy. He said, but, but you need to learn God's rest. And I'll never forget that. Because as soon as I heard that, as soon as I realized that it's in the book, it's in the Bible, I, I felt like I, I came into a new dimension. You, know, you may not understand what I'm talking about, but, but it, it, it almost felt like I could breathe. I can rest in him and you can rest in him. And you can say, God, here's my life and here's all the stuff that's going on. And God says, yeah, that's it. That, yep, yep. That, I'm not surprised by any of that, but I want you to rest in me. And if there's one thing I want you to take away to this week, it's this, to learn to rely on his grace, his presence, his goodness, his faithfulness, 
his strength, and that no matter what you're facing this week, and I know some of us will face difficult issues and difficult people and difficult personal circumstances, but in the midst of all of that, the Holy Spirit is saying, you don't have to prove yourself worthy to God. You don't have to earn God's love. What you've got to do is to, to sit back and rest. Emotional rest, physical rest, spiritual rest, give it to him. Because Jesus comes to us tonight and he walks up and down the aisles and says, hey, guys, hey, guys, hi, how are you going? You know, if anyone needs rest, come to me. And that's the message of Christ tonight. If you need rest, come to him. He'll change your life and he'll help you to have a breakthrough. And maybe you need that breakthrough that will, that will change the way you live for the rest of your lives. Find out God's rest and live it. And then go and serve him, but do it according to his, his plan and his purpose for your life. God bless you guys. Thanks, Ryan. Love being here. Microphone's yours. <laughs>